Welcome to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. Prepare your heart for laughter and tears as we share the unpolished stories of the homeless and hurting, hope and transformation. Here is your host, Director of the Union Gospel Mission, Pastor Tim Lane. Well, I am glad you joined us today. I have my friend from the mission who has been there for the last 20 years, Pastor Tom Mooney, and you guys have heard him many times, but I'm sure there's many other things that we can talk about today that would be of interest to everybody, and certainly I am always glad to have Tom on the show. I love talking to him at the mission, but I also like it when we get together on the air. I wanted to encourage all of you that are out there. You know, I'm going to tell you how you can win the battle And I know you've heard that many times from people, but I'm going to tell you how it's done because I'm fighting that battle right now myself. And it it all comes down to a plethora of things that you might be battling. If you are battling loneliness, the way to defeat loneliness is on your knees before a sovereign God. If you are under attack, if you are dispossessed from your home, if your job has been lost, if your life is threatened, if your heart is breaking over something, then fight that battle on your knees before an awesome God. Take yourself out of the equation and start to pray for those around you. Pray that God will lighten and enlighten every moment of your day. Start your day on your knees. Yes, and Pastor Mooney and I were talking about it. You can pray sitting down, standing up, and certainly many people are unable to get down on their knees. And if they did, and I'm not joking, they might not be able to get back up off their knees because as we get older, it becomes harder. So I'm not talking about you that that have a physical uh, problem, but those of you that are in good enough shape to do it, then my, my admonition to you is get down on those knees of yours and start to pray. Start your prayer out by thanking God for what he's done. First of all, if you're a believer, you have been given the greatest gift of all things. You have been given the release of your sins, the righteousness imputed to you by, by Jesus. Thank him for the cross. Thank him for the tomb. Thank him for the empty tomb. And thank him that he placed his hand on you and drew him, drew you to his side. That you will be forever forgiven, not just today, but forever. And that should start your gratefulness. And then think of all the other things that you have in your life that you can be grateful for. And I would start with those spiritual things, those things that are the most important the friendships and the family that you have, the church that you go to. Start thanking God that they're solid. Start thanking God. Do these things on your knees. No warrior of Christ is stronger than when he is on his knees. That is how the strongholds collapse, on our knees, in our prayers. It's not because we're mighty and strong in and of ourselves but he is our mighty fortress. He is our help. Where does my help come from? I look to the hills. It comes from the Lord, the God of heaven and earth. And so if there be any encouragement, listen, you know what? 
Paul was a man that was filled with hate and anger. He was harsh and unkind. From everything I can read, he was unloving and unwilling to be lovable. And yet, when Christ changed him, when he got the beating heart of flesh instead of the stone heart, he became a totally different person. And if you doubt what I'm saying about Paul, you read Philippians. You see the heart of a pastor that loved his, his people, that was so filled with the emotion that is brought about by the indwelling of the Holy Spirit, then I challenge you to, as Paul said, to be like-minded. Serve Christ first. Love him first. Walk as his light first. Do it on your knees, and you will be the warrior that God has called you to be. If they come for you someday, be praying on your knees. When they beat you, if that should ever happen, then be that night on your knees in prayer. As I said, a Christian is never so strong as when he's in his, on his knees praying. We worship an awesome God, a God that none of us ever deserved, and certainly not me. He has taken me places I never could have gone on my own. He's placed me in positions that only he could do, and I am eternally grateful. And so now I'd, I'd like to introduce you once again, as I know many of you know who he is. Pastor Mooney, you are a counselor out at the mission, chaplain, and uh, say hello to our folks. Hello, everyone. I'm glad to be here with you once again. Looking forward to, to sharing and, and encouraging one another in love in Christ. I was reminded, as Pastor was speaking, of, of the Philippian jail mm-hmm. when, when Paul f- found himself beaten and chained. Yet they rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer with Christ. Uh, that's an attitude that the church really needs to to look at today, uh, a gratitude for the identification with Jesus Christ and who he is. No matter what the cost, there's a glory that comes from identifying with Jesus Christ. Isn't it amazing that the church now, uh, in so many places, wants to uh, do away with the suffering aspect of that, even though the Bible says that you've been called into the resurrection and also you've been blessed to be called into the suffering of Christ. Do we forget that? I think we do because suffering is uh, such a monumental part of life, and it's something that by nature we try and avoid. But Jesus said, they persecuted me first. They hated me first, and they will hate you because of me, and we can't get around that. But when I look to see the church around the world and how they're answering their witness and how faithful they are in the face of, of tremendous affliction and death, yet their faith shines through so brightly. Your faith will never shine as bright as when it does in the darkness of adversity and persecution. And that's exactly right. You know what? There is no life that escapes suffering. 
there may be some people that you look around and you think <clears throat> they haven't made. Nothing ever afflicts them. Well, you know what? I remember, is it Psalm 91 where he says, I look at the, no, I look at the rich. They have no troubles. They, you know, they're never hungry. He goes on to say, and right in the middle of the psalm, he says, until I walked into the temple of God, and then I knew the end of those who do not believe, right? This is misquoted, but the bottom line comes down to that if you are a saved individual, you've been given the greatest gift of all, all times, and there's nothing that can take that away from you. And no matter what somebody else might have around you, you have the Lord God. Psalm 46 says, God is our refuge and our strength our very present help in trouble. Therefore, we will not fear. Though the earth gives way and the mountains be moved into the heart of the sea, though its waters roar and foam, though the mountains tremble at its swelling, there is a river whose streams make glad the city of God, the holy habitation of the Most High. God is in the midst of her. She shall not be moved. God will help her with the morning dawn. The nations rage and the kingdoms totter. He who utters the voice, the earth melts. The Lord of hosts is with us. The God of Jacob is our fortress. Come and behold the work of the Lord. Now, how he has brought desolation on the earth. He makes wars cease to the end of the earth. He breaks the bow and he shatters the spear. God is the holy strength of every believer. He is, he really is our fortress and our strength, our ever-present help in danger. He wraps his arms around us I have told this story before, but my grandmother, whom I loved very much, was an ample-sized woman and uh, of Norwegian background. And my brother hitting me with crab apples, which hurt a lot. She ran off the porch. She swept me up. She wrapped her arms around me, and she took the the. My brother didn't stop throwing the crab apples. And, but now I was safe and sheltered, and she ran back into the house. And I know they hurt. She had bruises from it and everything. But it was, it was one of the first glimpses, although I didn't know it, of how the love of Christ was for me. He takes the fiery darts that are intended for me, took the blows for me. He was nailed to the cross for me. He was beaten for me. And... I was given eternal security, and I have been given salvation. Praise God. Amen. Isn't that a thought, Pastor? When Jesus was on the cross, God imputed our sin to him. And when he died and rose again, God imputed his righteousness to us mm -hmm. and declares us righteous. Mm -hmm. And when our heart agrees with the faith that he's given us and our mouth confesses that Christ is Lord, salvation takes place and he justifies us. 
and, and he renders a favorable verdict over our life eternally. Amen. Is there anything that you can think of in the whole of the, the world that would be of more worth than that? No, no. It's the greatest story ever told. I was thinking of the scripture as you were reading. He that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. What a, what a wonderful thing to know that you are under the shadow of the Almighty. Amen. Is there, is there anything that could be greater? You know, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego standing before the fiery furnace, and the king was so enraged at their insolence. How dare they not bend down and, or bow down and worship him as king? And as they stood before the fiery furnace and they cranked it up so hot that the guys that first opened the doors fell dead on the floor, and their reply was perfect. You know, is your God big enough to save you from this? Oh, yes, almighty king, he is big enough and great enough to save us. But even if he should not save us from this fire, we will not bow down and worship you. I like the way they started it. Oh, king, we are not careful to answer you. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> their lives, they did not consider their lives as something worthy to diminish their testimony. We are not going to bow and we are not going to worship. But the result was, did we not throw three men into that fire and exactly. do I not see four and one likened to a son of God? Yeah. And the only reason that they were not, uh, that they were not uh, bound up anymore is because the ropes were not fireproof. <laughs> and then the king invited them out of the furnace. Yes. And the declaration about their God was so beautiful. It is amazing, isn't it? He is a God it? that can deliver. That's Hallelujah. right. And you know what? The amazing thing is that I have it on very good authority that that God is the same God we serve today. I heard that his name is Jesus, and he's called the Christ. And he spoke, and he said, Everything I do is what I see my father do, and everything I say is what I hear my father say. And I tell people, everything you love about what Jesus did and said <coughs> is the exact representation of the Father. That is the God that we're serving. Amen. He not only walks in the fire with us, he knows every hurt and pain we feel, he was the Anthropos, the God-man, 100% God, 100% man, not half man, half God. He was 100%, the only one there ever was, the Anthropos, and he is able to empathize, not just sympathize, but empathize with his creation. Because in every way, when Jesus took on flesh, he took on all the temptations and all the hurts and all the pains. When he was, when you get hungry, Jesus had gotten hungry. He got thirsty. He got tired. He got all those things because he was, he was a man, but much more than a man, able to bear the weight of the sin of the world on his shoulders. 
I mean, what a praise is that? The purpose of God to bring a redeemer. I love it when in Romans, when Paul calls Jesus the second Adam, knowing that the first Adam failed and the first Adam was unable to discharge the authority that God had given him, nor continue to enjoy relationship with God. And then God brought Jesus to restore unto himself a creation that he loved, that he made in his image. You know, Pastor, people are looking for significance. That's in, right. in this world, they've been taught in school that we're descended from apes, and they like to show the chart of a, of a monkey followed by a chimpanzee, followed by a bonobo, followed by a gorilla, followed by a Neanderthal to human man. And so life loses its meaning. But when you consider Genesis 5, 2, male and female, he created them. When God said in, in Genesis, let us make man in our image, mm -hmm. and he made man <laughs> in his image, that's significance. That's what people are looking for, meaning, the meaning of life made in the image of their creator. Yeah, and it's funny, too, that we will buy into anything excepting uh, what God has told us Piltdown Men was a straight-up fake. It was a hoax. It was proven, and yet it's still in the books. And yet everybody knows there's no doubt about the fact that the guy faked the whole thing. Um, that psalm was not 91. I, I knew it wasn't. I just couldn't remember. But it's Psalm 73, and he says, Truly God is good to Israel, to those who are pure of heart. But as for me, my feet had almost stumbled. My steps had nearly slipped. For I was envious of the arrogant when I saw the, the, the prosperity of the wicked. For they have no pangs until death. Their bodies are fat and sleek. They are not troubled as others are. They are not stricken like the rest of mankind. Therefore, pride is their necklace, and violence covers them as a garment. Their eyes swell out of their fatness, and their hearts are overflowed with follies. They scoff and they speak malice, lofty. They threaten oppression. They set their mouths against the heavens, and their tongues uh, strut through the earth. And I think you're getting the picture of who these people look like, right? In his mind's eye. Therefore, his people turn back to them and find no fault in them. And, uh, and they say, how can God know? Is there knowledge in the Most High? <laughs> By the way, there's a lot of knowledge in the Most High. Yes, indeed. <laughs> Behold, these are the wicked always at ease, they increase in riches. All in vain 
I have kept my heart clean. And so there's a lot of us out there today that think because we have not trod down the path of that, and we look around and we see riches and we see people who don't follow God, and yet they are prospering and we are not in our own mind's eye. Right, Thomas? That's exactly right. And so we think we have missed the riches when we are the ones that are the children of the King of, the, of glory, and so this, this man is the same way. I have washed my hands in innocence, and I doubt that he has washed his hands completely in innocence. And so, um, so uh, it goes on to say, For all the day long I have been stricken and rebuked every morning. And I, I'm going to skip ahead because we're short on time. But as I said, it comes all down until finally he, he says, until I walked into the temple of God, and then I realized where they were going. Have you ever considered that instead of envying the rich neighbor who is always drunk and always doing things he not do, instead of being envious of him, how about being prayerful for him? How about fight that battle on your knees as well, because that's a man who needs Jesus Christ. And so we forget that we are are the sons and the daughters of royalty. We are the inheritors of the kingdom of God, right, Thomas? That's exactly right. By God's purpose, by God's predestination, by God's election, by God's love, by his overwhelming grace and purposes, we are the children of God. Amen. Amen. And you know what? Uh, I don't know why. I don't know why God chose me, put me where I was, did all these things, but I am eternally grateful. And I know that no matter how the world might turn against us, no matter what might be said about us, no matter where we might have to be, that nobody can steal from us the glory and the righteousness that God places on us and a heart that sings out to praise and to glorify God. Right, Thomas? That's exactly right. For those he predestined, he also called. For those he called, he also justified. Those he justified, he also glorified. Our end is glory. Our end is glory. Listen, in repentance, you come before God Almighty in belief. So you are saved by grace through faith, and this not of yourself. It is a gift of God, lest any man should boast. We've all heard it. At that cross and on your knees, you are justified. You are justified once and for all. And then you walk down that path of sanctification, becoming more like Christ for those who are actually redeemed. And are you going to make it all that way? No, you won't. But you know what? You will make it to the end of your sanctification And no matter where you are at in it, when you die, you are going to be glorified by God. Amen. Grace saved you. Grace carries you, and grace will see you home. And I love what it says next, for we are God's masterpiece. Amen. Amen. And and I'm not trying to be humble. I'm being honest with you. For God to call me one of his masterpieces, I can't see it but he can. And Amen. 
that's all that counts. Amen. So, so, you know, uh, J. Vernon McGee said one time, he said, uh, he said, you know what? He said, I'm getting a handle on, on being humble. And his buddy said, yes, Jay, and there's not too many men that have more to be humble about than you. <laughs> and I fall into that category. I've got a lot to be humble about. We're out of time, Thomas. So, guys, we're going to be here for the next show. But until we meet again... May God hold you in the palm of his hand. You've been listening to Voices from the Street, the radio ministry of the Sacramento Union Gospel Mission. If your heart's been touched and you want to know more about the work of the mission, log on to UGMSAC.com, UGMSAC.com. To donate clothing, food, time, or financial help, call 916-447-3268, 916-447-3268. Thank you so much for listening. Join us again next week at the same time for Voices from the Street.